You're listening to Megiddo Radio. Megiddo Radio is a radio ministry of Megiddo Media. For more, visit our website at megiddoradio.com. That's megiddoradio.com. Welcome, everybody. This is Paul Flynn with Megiddo Radio for Saturday, the 18th of June, 2022. Thank you all for listening in. Apologies, it's been a while since there's been a program, about a month. Last program was done May the 16th, 2022. Apologies for that. Um, mixture of reasons. Uh, one of them was I wasn't feeling well for a while, and uh, I think I figured out what it is, and um, we seem to be getting a lot better now. So would appreciate your prayers in that. Um, kind of have sinus problems and then they can cause me other problems as well so hope you're all doing well uh there's there's so much news and stuff uh, that um really it's like an avalanche isn't it with the way things are kind of going in our world um if you've been following this program for long enough a lot of what i covered and still at times cover is a lot of things that are going on the culture, LGBT issues, stuff in the stuff that the church is capitulating to. I mean, and by the church, I mean the wider church or what is the professing church, parts that are no longer the church. Um, but we really got to know the truth. And on this program, we're going to be looking at what what does it look like or what it means to love our neighbor now there was a video that i saw a few weeks ago and it was about a man who was recounting in a stage in his life. Now, this guy wasn't a Christian, but he was telling of a time of his life when he was thinking about taking his own life. And one of the things that stopped him from doing that was somebody phoning him right before he did it. And the person who phoned him was actually seeking for help himself. And... While the person is not a Christian, it made me think of how we've been created in the image of God. And if we live for ourselves, we're miserable. And because we've been created in the image of God, part of that image is relationship. If you think within the, the triune God, within the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there is a loving relationship one toward another. Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Spirit, the Spirit loves the Father, etc. So that is part of the way we have been made to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. We've been made to be holy, to be, to imitate God. Be holy, for I am holy. Uh, that's in First Peter, chapter one. So, and in, in that instance, 
of that person who found a purpose in his life. And you see it all around the place. If people don't have a purpose or something to serve or some some reason to continue, we kind of do get to the point of, well, what's the point? Why have we been made? We've been made in the image of God. And we have been made to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That is the first question of the Shorter Catechism of the Westminster Larger Catechism. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, the Larger Catechism is quite similar as well. So that love... So we've been created the image of God, and also part of the image of God is the law of God. Sure, we suppress the truth and righteousness. We have a conscience. Um, some people are bogged down with a conscience more. Some people may wish to drown out the voice of that conscience because they are lost. But nevertheless, people have a sense that there is right and wrong. That certain things are right and certain things are wrong. Now, I know people won't often agree what those things are. But we have a strong sense that something is right and something is wrong. What does it mean to love your neighbor? We heard it a lot, didn't we? Over 2020 to 2022, love your neighbor. And um, when much of the world was enforceably imprisoned, basically. And while what we should have been doing was turning more to God. Unfortunately, we, in our fear, sacrificed many things. Regardless of what your views are about COVID and other things like that, we, regardless of how dangerous this thing was, and I believe we overreacted massively, it, in my opinion, it should have been over as soon as the vaccines were rolled out, possibly even sooner than that. But at the same time, we chose our physical health and placed it above our spiritual health. And we did it around much of the world now, I'm not, if people made a genuine effort, you know, to keep churches open and do their best, uh, this is, I don't want to be placing guilt in any EV or anything like that. No, there's some people who did their best. Parts around the world, there was no option. You did your best and probably the authorities had sh shut down that route or whatever. And if all you could do was some kind of online thing, even though that's not gathering, okay. But you do your best. Things don't get shut down because of, well, 
But whatever the case may be, we placed our physical health above that, our spiritual health, and we should not do that. Now, we heard about what, what does it mean to love? What does it mean to love our neighbor? We never really stopped to think of what does it mean to love our neighbor? Because the message for two years was we should go above and beyond all sorts of things in order to save the life of another person. But how about their soul? If this life is all there is, and we get nothing else, then the actions of the last two years are somewhat justifiable. Um, however, if this life is not all that there is, and we know that from the scriptures, And the God who made us. That this life is not all that there is. And there is an eternity beyond death. And the need of our neighbor, yes, there's physical needs. If you see them hungry and in need that way. But their spiritual need is far greater. Much of that was lost between 2020 and 2022. And I wonder if we've learned from that. And this is even, if you want to say it was massively dangerous... By the way, the overreaction included myself as well back in 2020. But we all, myself included, placed physical well-being above the spiritual health of the church. And when you hear from people around the world, largely the church suffered because it couldn't meet. What does it mean to love our neighbor? And we really should be thinking about this. And uh, this brings us on now to question, what question are we on? Last time we did a Westminster Larger Catechism, it was made a 10th. We did up to question 121 of the Westminster Larger Catechism. Now we're going to be doing for question 122 onwards. We'll see how far we can get through. And comment on it and think about it. A lot of news going on. A lot of things. Be discerning. Don't believe everything you hear. Um, spend much time in the word of God. There's a danger we become shaped more by Twitter and your favorite news channel rather than the word of God. And, and that has become a greater reality now than ever. Question 122 of the Westminster Larger Catechism. What is the sum of the six commandments 
which contain our duty to man. The answer says this. So the sum of the six commandments, which contain our duty to man. Now, if you're confused by what it means and why it's grouping the six commandments together, the first four commandments, which we've dealt with already in the program, deal with God, our duty toward God. But commandments 5 through to 10 now turn to the second table of the law, our love toward our fellow men. The sum, it says, of the six commandments which contain our duty to men is to love our neighbor as ourselves and to do to others as we would have them do to us. Do to others as as we would have them do to us. That's a way of summarizing the Ten Commandments. Give an example of that. We wouldn't want people to steal from us. Or light us. Or, you know, various sort of things. And, you know, when we when we look at the second table of law, it contains these things. Question 123. Which is the fifth commandment? Fifth commandment is honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So that's the fifth commandment, okay? And we think when we read the fifth commandment, that is just dealing with our parents, earthly parents. Uh, Not at all. Whenever you see any of the Ten Commandments, realize this, it is a summarization of a law in a particular aspect. A summarization of the law of God in a particular aspect. And the law can be summarized in different ways and has been in Scripture. One way it's summarized is in the Ten Commandments. Another way it is summarized is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the first table. And to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second table. Summarized. And those Ten Commandments are fleshed out in other parts of the Bible. This Fifth Commandment is not just talking about earthly parents. Of course, it includes that, but there are other types of fathers and mothers, those in authority. And also, there's a responsibility for those in authority to those who are under their care. So we're going to consider that now in the next few questions. Question 124. What are meant by father and mother in the fifth commandment? By father and mother in the fifth commandment are are meant not only natural parents, but all superiors in age and gifts, and especially such as, by God's ordinance, are over us in place of authority, whether in family, church, or commonwealth. So, this is not just talking about fathers and mothers in, in, in terms of, you know, mommy and daddy kind of thing. Yes, it includes them, but uh, there's also people who are in authority in other work, works of life. Yes, family, church, uh, your, your, your job, 
the fifth commandment is massively important there. Whether you're a boss or, or, or not, whether you're, you know, as the confessions or the standards say, superior or inferior. It's not talk about superior or inferior in terms of um, in terms of one person's better than another, but purely in terms of rank and authority. Question 125. So it talks about family, church, and or commonwealth. There's different spheres of authority. You know, and this comes into as well. You know, people say, "Oh, I follow the Bible," but I, you know, I, you know, somebody says, "I follow the Bible, just don't go to church." They don't think anything of pastoral authority in any way, shape, or form. They think nothing of the government in their country. You know, they've no no thought towards the laws or anything else like that. Well, to submit to Scripture means to submit to. Uh, authorities that are under that highest authority. It doesn't mean, I mean, people talk about following the Bible, but then kind of show their ignorance of the Bible in many, many different places. If they have set aside all authorities to which God has given total spheres, obviously that they are to be tested by the word of God. So, question 125. I'm going to be going through this quite quickly because I want to do more than just the fifth commandment here in this program. Why are superiors stilled father and mother? Answer, superiors are stilled father and mother, both to teach them in all duties toward their inferiors, like natural parents, and to express love and tenderness to them according to their several relations and to work inferiors to a greater willingness and cheerfulness in performing their duties to their superiors as to their parents. So the, people in, in authority have of here the obligation to teach their duties, you know, like like natural parents, expressing a love and tenderness to them, according to their several relations, and the work inferiors to uh, to greater willingness. It, so it shouldn't be done in a kind of a dragging along. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, rulers would often be referred to as shepherds, along with pastors as well. It shouldn't be done in an oppressive way. It should be done in a way that encourages cheerful. Submission. Question 126. What is the general scope of the fifth commandment? Answer. The general scope of the fifth commandment is the performance of those duties which we mutually owe to our several relations as inferiors, superiors, or equals. So it's quite a wide scope, and it's usually a lot larger than we anticipate. We Think of um, father, natural father and mother, obviously. And that's the one we'll all have. And that's, it's a very suitable one because it's something that we generally all have. You know, even orphans will have a father and mother, an authority figure in the orphanage or whatever, the, you know, in those spheres. 
So we all have that, and we've all experienced that from childhood upwards. So... Let's look at that. So the general scope again. The, the mutual, the duties we owe, several relations. So as inferiors, inferiors, and equals. Equals in terms of, say, like, off the top of my head, um, there's duties which pastors owe to each other. Um, elders in a church, they're equals to each other in terms of rank and authority. And there's certain duties towards equals as well. So it's not just superiors and inferiors. It's also two duties. Um, Now, what is the honor, for question 127, that inferiors owe to their superiors? So this is going to be most of us. Um, we're going to work. What honor or things like that? So, you, so we are to submit to someone who an inferior to superior. And the answer is, the honor which inferiors owe to their superiors is in all due reverence, in heart, word and behavior, prayer and thanksgiving for them. Imitation of their virtues and graces. Willing obedience to their lawful commands and counsels. Due submission to their corrections. Fidelity to defense and maintenance of their persons and authority. According to their several ranks and nature of their places, bearing with their infirmities and covering them in love, that so they may be an honor to them and to their government. So let's go through this. This is one we're going to spend a little bit of time on. So, all due reverence. It just, again, it depends on the rank. If it's your boss or something at work. High honor is, is due to those who are ordained either that as a deacon or a, an elder, be that ruling elder or teaching elder. Now, and we are, show them respect, okay? And not just in our word, but also in our behavior, in our heart towards them. We give prayer and thanksgiving for them. We're thankful for them. You know, where, you know, where they are right. You know, even unbelievers will have virtues, certain virtues, certain things they get right, certain qualities, imitate, imitation of their virtues and graces. We don't copy everything they do, of course. 
but imitation of the virtues and graces. And this goes for any authority. The, the, the failings of ruling elders even, or ministers or whatever, we don't follow them in every aspect. That would be wrong. But to imitate them in their virtues. Willing obedience to lawful commands. Not all commands, lawful commands and counsels. Um, anything that they have an authority in. Do submission to their corrections. Fidelity, defense and maintenance of the person. So, giving honor to them. So that, at the end of it says, they may be an honor to them and to their government. And that's not always easy, especially if you're a Christian working in a in a company where almost everybody else is not, not a Christian. Where there's difficult decisions and things to be navigated in. And you should be thinking like this. It, it would be wise to be in prayer before you go into work every day. Or whatever situation you're going into. Because you, well, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. But at the same time, the devil is a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And you're going in there. Not alone, but you need to be close to the Lord. If you are, humanly speaking, alone in your work. That's the situation I found myself in for years. Um, worked in a school for years and didn't know any Christians, at least none with a credible profession of faith that I could see. Um, now, what are the sins of inferiors against their superiors? The sins of inferiors against their superiors are all neglect of the duties required toward them, envying at, contempt of, rebellion against their, their, their persons and places, in their lawful counsels, commands and corrections, cursing, mocking, and all such re refractory and scandalous carriage as proves a shame and dishonor to them and their government. And sadly, this is our natural tendency because we don't like to be told what to do. We don't like it. And we may envy them in their role, show contempt towards them, rebel against their authority and things like that. This is sinful and wrong. A violation of the fifth commandment. Now, I must also point out, notice how it's all an authority. And this is why it's not just simply natural parents. And by the way, natural parents really only have that level of authority over you while you're under their roof. And I say their roof, not just you're under the same roof. You know, there, there may be a situation when, say for example, you've got, grown up, you left the home, you got married, you got a place of your own, and now you're, I don't know, you're, you're in your 50s or 60s, and your parents are a lot older, and maybe you end up taking care of the parents, and they come in and live under your roof, and you take care of them. Well, you're the authority in the home, not them in that situation. You're 
the one not to say that you'd be bossing around your hands or anything for obviously enough reasons but and you know it can be hard for them and we should be sensitive toward their needs and things like that and and it's not an easy time if, if that happens for them and no doubt for you but this is a situation where you you will be making decisions in the home. It's not just about age, and it's not just as simply about that. So, yeah. Question 129. What is required of superiors toward their inferiors? So, it's not just one-way traffic. There's also duties required of people in authority towards those who are not in authority. And what is that? Answer for 129. It is required of superiors according to that power they receive from God. And that relation whereunto they stand to love, pray for, and bless their inferiors. To instruct, counsel, admonish them. Countenancing, commending, rewarding such as do well, and discountance, disproving, chastising such as do ill, protecting and providing for them in all things necessary for soul and body. And by grave, grave is kind of like reverent, like a respectable, uh, grave, wise, holy, and exemplary courage, that's behavior, I believe, to procure glory to God, honor to themselves, and so to preserve that authority which God hath put upon them. You know, God has given that authority. Any authority comes from God. If we have any authority, it comes from God. That relation wherein they stand to love. So, if you're an authority over someone else, be that in, in, in the state, in the church, in Commonwealth, as they'll call it here, or in whatever sphere it is, you're to love, pray for, and bless those who are under your care. Uh, you're to instruct them. In instruction. People should know what they have to do. And there's a degree of teaching there. Counsel. Admonish them. Countenancing, commending. So if, if something is done well, say so and think about your children you know anybody who's parents and if your children do something well commend them and say that was really well done encourage them in the things because sometimes you know <laughs> we only really notice children when they do something wrong now we should when they do something wrong i suppose try not to be you know nitpicky but 
reproving and chastening, such as do ill, protecting and providing for them in all sorts of things necessary for soul and body. Now, things necessary for soul and body. Um, what we think in the modern day is necessary is not really necessary, but I digress. And by grave, that is reverent, respectable, wise, holy, and exemplary character to procure glory to God. It's, it's got to be all done to the glory of God. In whatever authority you have, this is not for you to lord it over them and to... You should love your neighbor in providing the things that are necessary for soul and body. Soul and body. The soul, between 2020 and 2022, the soul got neglected, missing out on the public means of grace for a very, very long time. And for, from fellowship and, and not being able to see people's faces for a long time and things that are, frankly, cruel and unusual. And body. It's not just one or the other, it's both. So, we've got to make sure in the, in the seeking of one, we do not be cruel toward the other. And it is, a, it is a, of course, a difficult balance. I'm not saying this, these things are easy. But that is the challenge of being an authority. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Not everyone's gifted to lead. Not everybody leads in exactly the same way. That's why there's a plurality of elders, and we... We thank God for the plurality of elders. Um, this week was the week of our synod. And we thank God in our, in our church for the many elders who are involved in our synod. And the multitude of counselors there is safety. Now, question 130. What are we doing? In terms of Sixth Commandment is going to be question 134. Got about 25 minutes left. I'm not going to go beyond the hour mark. But we'll, we'll try and get through this Fifth Command kind of quickly. Um, what are the sins of superiors? The sins of superiors are, besides neglect of the duties required of them, and an inordinate seeking of themselves, basically being selfish, their own glory, ease, profit, and pleasure, commanding things unlawful, or not in the power of inferiors to perform. Counseling, encouraging, or favoring them in that which is evil. Dissuading them, discourage, discouraging, or discountenancing them in that which is good. Correcting them unduly. Careless exposing or leaving them to wrong, temptation, and danger. Provoking them to wrath or to any way dishonoring themselves or lessening their authority by an unjust, indiscreet, rigorous, or remiss behavior. So the fifth commandment doesn't just go one way. In submitting, people can sin, but also in leading and with the authority, people can sin as well. And when they seek to out for their own glory, commanding things that they have no authority to command, 
commanding things that the people who are under their care have no ability to do. Um, encouraging that which is evil, which we see all around us with the promotion of sodomy in this month of evil. Discouraging people. There's been a lot of discouragement dished around in the last two years. Uh, and, and and praise God, things are changing. I, I hope things are changing around the world. Uh, here, things are thankfully returning back to normal. And praise God for the church I'm with at the moment for the, the speed and the wisdom which they've shown over the last year or so in... We're pretty much back to normal. So long may that continue. Correcting them unduly, basically without reason. And other careless things. So it's not just a one-way street when it comes to the fifth commandment. What are the duties of equals? So the duties of equals are, this is question 131, are to regard the dignity and worthy of each other in giving honor to one before another, and to rejoice in each other's gifts and advancement as their own. And I saw, you know, in our Senate meeting this week, it was, praise God, a lot of respect, as there should be, between fellow brothers who are elders and, um, you know, regard the dignity and worth of each other and giving honor toward one toward another, you know, showing respect one toward another. And to rejoice in each other's in each other's gifts, you know, rejoice for many of the the things that were said on the center floor um, in the Armour City Hotel from last Monday to last Wednesday, and you know, many men there, different giftings, different uh, ways that the Lord has blessed them, and and that's kind of we should not diminish their authority or our authority, but there's a sense in which we we give honor one before another and to rejoice in each other's giftings and advancement. You know, like to be thinking more about others rather than ourselves. We can be quite selfish, can't we? We this is our whatever thing we're thinking of, but we should um realize the giftings of others in those situations. What are the sins of equals? Question 132. The sins of equals are beside the neglect of the duties required, as we just mentioned, an undervaluing of the worth, envying the gifts, grieving at the advancement or prosperity of one another, and usurping preeminence one over another. Kind of just what I mentioned there, grieving the advancement or prosperity of one another. So, like, if, for example, somebody else is doing really well, maybe some, you know, this could happen in a church situation. You know, one pastor is struggling in one area, but kind of begrudging and grieving at the advancement of prosperity of another. And there's families being added to another church. And rather than rejoicing, you're kind of going, I don't like that place and all that. And that does happen, unfortunately. Um... And also, I suppose, becoming, placing yourself at the center of everything, usurping preeminence one over another, being, I suppose, a type of uh, diatrophies in, in Third John. We should not do so. Um, we must seek 
we shouldn't also d- d- diminish our own giftings, but we should value the giftings of others as well. What is, uh, what, question 133, what is the reason annexed to the fifth commandment, the more to enforce it? So a number of these commandments have reasons with it why we should keep them. The reason annexed to the fifth commandment in these words, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And an express promise of long life and prosperity as far as it shall serve for God's glory and their own good to all such as keep this commandment. That's the reason added on. And this is speaking general. I mean, godly people sometimes live short lives and other things like that. But there's a promise of life and prosperity. There is a promise in that sense that it serves for God's glory. So if you are if you're if you trust in Jesus Christ and you're say a person at advanced years, you know, you're um older, shall we say, and you're you're wondering why am I still here? You know, perhaps your spouse has passed away. And you're wondering, why have I not gone to be with the Lord at this stage? That can be a particular question to widows or widowers later on in life. I've seen it sometimes in, in biographies and stuff like that being expressed that way. But you're still here on this earth for God's glory. And there's a still a role, still things that, that God wants you to do. You're here for a reason. It's not just, even if you can barely move. I once knew a man, near the end of his life, he could barely move, but I believe he was a tremendous testimony of the grace of God to the nurses and other people who came to visit him. And he was very popular. He was getting visited. And I believe even there's something amazing about a person, you know, when you see people. It doesn't happen for everybody, by the way. Every Christian, it happens like this. Um, and sometimes it shocks you. <laughs> you know, some <laughs> some Christians seem to have it all together, but struggle when they're sick. Bit more than others. Um, but then there's some people who bless everyone amazingly when they're ill and their face lights up and they just seem to be so full of the joy of the Lord and they just seem to be so content and peaceful. But you know the suffering they're going through. And, and then you're like, wow, what a testimony of the grace of God. And it's not for nothing. And if you go through that in the future and you suffer for the grace of God, you know, and, 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 and the doctors and the nurses who don't trust in Christ, or even if they do, wonderful, that's wonderful they do, but they see that it's a wonderful encouragement to the body of Christ and to others when you see 
someone, and it could be a young person, it doesn't have to be old, a young person going through difficult situations, and they just seem to be, because they're, they're close to the Lord, they're content, they're happy to go and be with the Lord. This world is not their home. Um, and there can be a tremendous encouragement and blessing, and who knows, that can be used perhaps to reach someone with the gospel who otherwise would not have been reached. So, got to question 133. I think we'll do a few more minutes. What is the sixth commandment? The sixth commandment is, thou shalt not kill. Question 135. That seems quite, quite simple, but again, it's, it, it's, it's a summary of a commandment, which is primarily about the, pre the preservation of life. And a number of these commandments are summarized by thou shalt not. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Or, sorry, uh, I'm reading the NKJV, so I might as well just read it all you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, the ninth commandment and the tenth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. So, you know, there's the positive of this of these commandments as well. You should not commit, you should not murder, but you should also preserve life when you have the opportunity to do so. And, we, of course, think of the, the pro-life application there. If you have an opportunity to perhaps save a life or something like that, but we'll get into that as we go through it. Question 135. What are the duties required in the Sixth Commandment? The duties required in the Sixth Commandment are all careful duties and lawful endeavors to preserve the life of others. Notice how it says lawful endeavors. Must be according to, and that's lawful according to the law of God now. To preserve the life of others and others by resisting all thoughts and purposes, subduing all passions and avoiding all occasions, temptations and practices that tend to the unjust taking away of life of any by just defense thereof against violence, patient bearing of the hand of God, quietness of mind, cheerfulness of spirit, a sober use of meat, drink, uh, physic. I mean, it's kind of um, exercise, sleep, labor, and recreations by charitable thoughts, love, compassion, meekness, gentleness, kindness, peaceable, mild and courteous speeches and behavior, forbearance, readiness to be reconciled, patient, bearing and forgiving of injuries and requiring good for evil, comforting and secure and succoring, a word is not used much in English anymore, it's basically aiding, helping, succoring the distress and protecting and defending the innocent. <gasps> okay, we'll get back to Question 135, and we'll go through that. Okay, so um, 
the duties. So it's not just, hey, I didn't murder anyone, so I've kept the the sixth commandment. Um, we've all broken this commandment too. Let's look at this. This is not just the one we've kept because we can narrow it down to, hey, we've done this. That's, this is fine. Um, everything to preserve the life of others and by resisting all thoughts and purposes. Now again, thoughts. In the Bible, if you hate your brother, what is hatred of someone if it is acted out? Well, think of Cain and Abel. That murder began with hatred in the heart. So, it's, so if you if you've hated anyone, that's murder in the heart. So, doing all passions and avoiding all occasions, temptations, and practices attend to the unjust taking away of the life of any. By just defense thereof against violence. So, by, you know, like, by just defense. I mean, if we don't defend against violence, if we just run away like a coward, that is a violation of the Sixth Commandment. We should try to preserve the life of others and our own life, by the way. So, <laughs> there's some forms of pacifism have cropped up in the church over the years. That's a violation of the Sixth Commandment. Yeah, try to share the gospel with them, but where it's within your power to preserve your life too. Patient bearing of the hand of God, quietness of mind, cheerfulness of spirit. Um, again, because if there's a joy and peace in your heart, then you're going to love others, not hate them, and things like that. A sober use of meat. Uh, this, in terms of um, our diet, we shouldn't be sloppy with our diet. A sober use of meat, drink, physic. Um, in terms of exercise, you know, so not too, too much of sleep, uh, labor, recreations, by charitable thoughts. We should think well of other people, love them, think not evil. Uh, we think of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Compassion, meekness, gentleness, kindness, um, and other things that generally encourage love toward one another. Again, see how this all ties in with what it means to love your neighbor. Comforting and and succoring the distress. Those were because we even see it in the most extreme cases that some people are distressed are going through horrible times. A phone call may be the difference, maybe the thing that saves their life. If they're extremely, extremely low, and I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm protecting and defending the innocent. Of course, we can think of, of the pro-life witness and things like that. But there's other instances where it might come up um, around us. Now, I think I'm going to get it to the end of the Sixth Commandment, and then I'll stop, probably get the end of this question. It's 51 minutes into it, but I think we'll, we'll stop at the end of question 136. And, yeah... 
If you have any questions, Megiddo Radio, M-E-G-I-D-D-O Radio at gmail.com. I'm just going to check if there's... I check it every now and again, this uh, email address. If anyone has questions or anybody has things that they want me to critique... There's a lot of um, there's a lot of nonsense out there these days with um, with the internet. So, in a lot of ways, you would also you, the critiques of certain things. I monitor certain people and certain things, and I watch in and certain people have critiqued over the years and I was on a certain YouTube channel where there was clips of apparent heresies and I remember you know all of the people who were quoted were not great theologians but anything they had said in the clips were well fine so I think the quality of these, um, a lot of these websites, you know, when I say, when I encourage, if you want to send me clips or something like that, send it to me. And if maybe there's nothing wrong with the clip, you would be best served not finding out the worst thing that N.T. Wright wrote or something like that. And look, I've seen what, I've seen people quote, NT right, not because they like NT right, but purely just, you know, maybe in just one area they might agree with them and nothing else. Um, well, I think I, I really believe we're entering the dark days, and what's going to help us through is our relationship with the Lord. Uh, what's not going to help us through is having a list of teachers we don't like. There's a place for it. Don't get me wrong, and and there definitely is a place for it. And I, I plan to keep going and doing various critiques over the years. And there's certain things that should be critiqued. Um, John Owen did critiques. John uh, John Calvin did critiques. Lots of the reformers did critiques of other people. A lot of the books that they wrote. Um, Martin Luther did a critique of Erasmus, which has obviously blessed the church for hundreds of years. Uh, the bondage of the will. And I know there's the irony of me saying this, and you're probably getting this through the internet. I would just encourage you, in these times when there's so much bad news across the board, we need to know our God. And we need to know the promises he's made towards his people. We need to memorize them and hide them in our hearts. So question 136, the last question I'll be looking at this evening. What are the sins forbidden in the Sixth Commandment? The sins forbidden in the Sixth Commandment are... All taking away of the life of other, of ourselves or of others, except in case of public justice, lawful war, or necessary defense, the neglecting or withdrawing the lawful and necessary means of preserving preservation of life, sinful anger, hatred, envy, desire of revenge. All excessive passions, 
distracting cares, immoderate use of meat, drink, labor, and recreations, provoking words, uh, oppression, quarreling, striking, wounding, and whatsoever else tends to the destruction of the life of any. So these things are forbidden in the Sixth Commandment. It's not just about striking somebody down dead. Of course, that includes that. But it also includes other things as um, anything about taking away the life of someone. Uh, by the way, um, anything to do with you know taking your own life, that is a violation of the Sixth Commandment. And the only time it's allowed to take away the life of someone is in public justice. If somebody murders someone, is found guilty of murder, Gen- uh, Genesis 9-6 and the state has the sword as described in Romans chapter 13. There's lawful wars um, that people can be involved in. That is not a violation of the Sixth Commandment for taking of life in situations like that. There may be situations where they shouldn't obey the command if, if, if the army is told to, hey, there's a church down there and you have to kill all the Christians or something. Okay, you, you say no to that. And that would not be a lawful war. Or necessary defense. You know, if you have to, do, in order to defend your life, you have to take the life of somebody else. That's not a violation of the Sixth Commandment. That is self-defense. The neglecting, withdrawing, the lawful and necessary means of preservation of life. So whatever's necessary to life, taking that away from someone else is a violation of the Sixth Commandment. Sinful anger, we just mentioned that earlier. Hatred, envy, desire of revenge. If you want to get somebody back or whatever, that's an evil way to think. All excessive passions, distracting cares. Uh, distracting cares here, it references um, Matthew 6, 31. Therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we be clothed? Anything that distracts us. Immoderate use of, you know, anything eating too much or drinking too much or working too much, you know, too much or even too little. Um, our words are important, provoking words, oppression. Um, yeah, I, you know, mistreating of people. Uh, as for the father, because he cruelly oppressed, spoiled his brother by violence and did that which was not good among the people, lo, even he shall die in his iniquity. And, uh, quarreling, fighting, you know, striking, wounding, or whatsoever, tends to the destruction of the life of any. We'll go on then to the seventh commandment. The seventh commandment is thou shall not commit adultery, and that's really, you know, it's a topic in in all of itself, and something that really tests the previous commandments in a lot of ways, whether they're kind of genuine in many ways um get down to you know love of the closest neighbor that is your wife um not taking away from your neighbor which is theft not taking away not just their items but also their reputation the ninth commandment 
and um, not desiring those things in your heart. The Tenth Commandment, and that's yeah, dealing really with the heart. So we'll be Lord willing. I don't know if we'll get that all done. Probably won't get all that done in one program. So that's us up to. So we'll be starting next next program. It, whether it'll be on the the shorter catechism or the large catechism, I'm not sure. So that's we'll be starting next time. Probably in two programs time. Usually it'll be one program dealing with the Westminster Large Catechism, and then one program dealing with some topic or some form of critique. But we'll we'll play it by ear. Um, I'm not sure. It, it, um, as of yet, I'm still waiting uh, on a call to a church. I am um, finished my training uh, for student ministry, and basically now I'm just waiting for a call. If you keep me in your prayers in that, myself and my family, that the Lord would lead us to the right place, and that his great and mighty name would be honored and glorified, and by his grace it wouldn't be too long away from that um, Again, remember the email, radio at gmail.com. Any thoughts, suggestions, or anything else you would like to email me, um, please feel free. Lord willing, we'll have another program next week or the week after. This is Paul Flynn. May God bless you all.